The Game Awards has released their nominees, and we're here to give some thoughts and reactions, as well as to see how well we did at predicting Game of the Year nominees. This is the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. This is a song I wrote about the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. I'm your host, Spencer. With me is a man who has an incredible track record of predicting things in the game industry. It's my co-host, Mike. Mike, first off, good job. And second, how are you? Hey, I was pretty happy about that Dark Horse I called out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll do. That'll do indeed. That'll do indeed. I'm, I'm pretty happy we with should... how we did overall, actually. We should start getting monetized for this. We're pretty good. <laughs> Like we're becoming a reliable, we're, we're we can't be the least reliable source in gaming. That's IGN. So, like, <laughs> I was gonna say Kotaku, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I meant to send you complete aside, but I meant to send you something on Twitter of uh, community notes calling out IGN on Twitter, and it was great. Ugh, you just you love to see it. Yeah, sure do. Uh, yeah, I would say we're not the least reliable for sure because i think oftentimes we're uh and this may be technically bad but we're we're more reactionary we react to the other stuff that comes out we're, we're never breaking the news which is yeah we don't have sources right but that's also good because if you if you're if you're too proactive you can get things wrong yeah we're right right in the sweet spot you know we should uh if we decide to do like a, a website um, we should call it outsider gaming. <laughs> We're reacting to the news for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and predicting what may or may not happen next. Sometimes we're a week late. <laughs> <laughs> at oh least we're God. talking about it. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's what matters. Um, before we get into uh, the nominees, and I think there's a decent bit to talk about here. And... I think just to get like just to uh, jump on it from the top, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, I don't think we're gonna go through necessarily every single category. Um, I would hope not. But I think you know there's definitely some things that are worthy of uh, you know just touching on some surprises for sure. And uh, yeah, but before we get into that, tell me about your your weekend games. Well, I'll keep this short. Oh no! Um, no, it's actually actually not that bad. Uh, I, I know what you're what you're wondering. You know how much Cyberpunk did I play? How much uh, Starfield did I play? Well, neither. Uh, <laughs> none, none of none of either of those. Um, but I did play Pikmin again for nice. the first time in a while, and that game is that game is so much fun. It's so stupid and easy. <laughs> Except I am having trouble with like one thing. I don't know if it's like a boss, but it's an enemy. Um, you know, not everything is straightforward. Like there's still a, a, a feature of trying to figure things out. Sure. Um, but that game is so much fun. Like yeah, it's repetitive, but it's so satisfying. That's great. And plus, like all the little Easter eggs you can find. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um. My one question was going to be, uh, 
is this is this making you and you might have said this in the past i'm sorry if you have but is this making you want to like go back and play um like one and two i think got bundled right for switch oh i absolutely will yeah um and were you i can't remember if it was you that was with me but i did buy pikmin 3 oh did you at, yeah I, I went i must not have been with you but i went to a, a game store by me and uh they had it for wii u and i said hell yeah wow thanks for the invite I've taken you. It's the place I took you last time you were here. <laughs> I was I was just trying to make you feel bad for the fact that you didn't invite me to a game store when we live ten hours apart or something stupid. Well, it almost worked. <laughs> it's only like one and a half by air. That's so. true. That's true. Um. Oh, also, never say we live ten hours apart because now you're making me sad. I never really like fathom that yeah yeah Remember when we slip 10 minutes apart oh god oh god do i think about all the time squandered yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> um okay so pikmin. Cry. i don't want to cry on tv <laughs> so pikmin um anything else yeah we, uh, we played a little bit of mario um and i watched justine beat mario Nice. Congrats. Um, and now she's she has been like 100 more or less 100 percenting things as she went. Uh, and then she found out that getting the top of every flagpole was a thing. Yes. So she's uh, after getting really pissed off about finding out that that was a thing. She is, I think, now going back and uh, doing that. Ah, The classic completionist conundrum. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that she always tried to do. Sure. But, like, there's a lot of fast-paced stuff going on in that game. Sometimes the flag just jumps out at you. And you're just like, ah, and you just grab it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, I would be shocked if somebody told me that they never tried to get the top of it. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, without even thinking about it, right? You're like, how do I get the top? You know, like... Without it being like a collectible or like win condition or level condition, uh, from a like one hundred percent standpoint, I feel like you're always trying to. I guess it used to come with like a one up, if you got it. Maybe I can't remember, but I'm trying to think of the person who's just like, oh no, I intentionally stop and try to get the lowest point <laughs> on the flagpole. <laughs> it's like, oh okay, that's a that's a decision. Yeah, you just run into it. Uh. Shelby and I've been playing more like again we've been doing like a world a week basically on stream and um (laughs) and I think we talked about this right where it's like you can't pick each other up anymore you can't like run into each other and stuff like that (laughs) but you absolutely can still throw stuff at each other and uh we were playing the one level and you know how like you can like uh when you're an elephant you can like bounce a koopa shell uh, how do you do that? So you like throw it up and then like the the elephant like trunk move where you like hit blocks and stuff. You throw it up, you throw the shell up and as it's coming back down, you just press, what is that? Like Y or whatever. If you're like, anyway, whatever. And you'll like fling your trunk and it'll like pop it back up in the air and it'll like keep doing uh, it. I think if you do it like five times in a row, you get like coins or something. 
Interesting. I did not know that. Okay. Well, so I like, it's one of those things where it's like, I did it once and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. <laughs> and then, and then Shelby did it. And it was like, it's like that like classic thing where like somebody who's never like held a gun before is at a firing range and they like start to swing it around. <laughs> like I'm freaking out. I'm like, whoa, watch where you're swinging that thing. Like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't realize being on the other end of this is so like horrifying. And like, Anytime she's holding a shell, I just instantly have fear. I'm like, don't throw it, don't throw it at me. Stop. What are you doing? And um, all of that's to say that at one point I was holding a shell and she was catching up to me. And I turned and like right as she was jumping, I booted it right into her, like just full force. And I like explaining it does not do it justice. When I tell you it was... 10 times funnier than it should have been we were both laughing just uncontrollably like we had to stop i had tears in my eyes because like watching an elephant point blank kick a shell <laughs> into fucking toadette <laughs> and send toadette flying <laughs> was so funny oh my god <laughs> um that game's that game's still very like amazing it's still so much fun um every level i feel like i'm like whoa I can't believe they did this. And then you get to like the boss, like the Bowser Jr. fights and you're just kind of like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, game's fun. Not to, not to hijack you talking about games. Yeah, I was pretty much done anyway. So go off game. Um, great. Now keep going. Uh, <laughs> I got two more platinums <clears throat> this week. Nice. And um, I don't need to like get too into it, but uh it is in this game called Bunny Raiders. It's a roguelike, and um, it was made by PETA. Hunger Games? No, like the animal people. The terrorist organization? <laughs> Are they a terrorist organization? Yeah, depending on who you ask. Oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> they made a video game. Um... Did they and, test it on animals? Uh, no. The game is you play as bunnies who are like strapped, um, with guns, and you have to kill machines that are, yeah, that were sent by humans. But you're not killing humans. I will say they were very intentional about that. Um, well, humans are animals, so that would be hypocritical. Oh, there you go. Uh, but yeah, you're you're killing machines that are testing, and some of the imagery of monkeys and mice that they have is very fucked up if you ask me um but it's a fever dream of a game it takes uh it took an hour and a half to platinum it on the one version and then we just uh, shelby and i, I say we because shelby and i played it um we then immediately were just like you know what this game fucking sucked let's just do the other one now knock it out so <laughs> that's what we Was did this like a free game yeah i think so because I was trying to figure that out and I like I thought it was a game that I had gotten through PS Plus at some point or other, right? Cuz I just have like a list of 500 games at this point. Um but then I was like it'd be weird if like PETA partnered or like if PlayStation Plus like partnered with PETA to like make this one of the free monthly games cuz again, it's like it's not good. <laughs> like, I don't know. But I guess if you write a big enough check, 
anything's possible. So I don't know, but I th- I think it is just a free game on the store. Yeah, this says the the headline from uh, PETA headlines is Raid Animal Labs and PETA's free Bunny Raiders video game. There you go. So a free game. It, it's it's you know what what do they call it? Shovelware, right? Where it's like sure they shovel their agenda in your mouth and shovel a platinum into my grumpy little hands. <laughs> so uh, I don't think this is on Xbox. Well, yeah, it's because Xbox Xbox isn't right to have these conversations. Yeah, we're not woke. <laughs> that being said. No, I, no, sorry. Even, Xbox doesn't need to have these conversations, I guess is what I meant, because Xbox oh, is oh, woke. Xbox uh, Xbox has, they have that power saving. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Xbox is our, um, yeah. Fox News is no fan of Xbox, that's for sure. That new update um came with a syringe for you to inject yourself with the covid booster yeah yeah so. well no they, they they hit it in the controller so you <laughs> get injected and you didn't know it <laughs> that's how they get you yeah you know it's so funny even though xbox has become my primary console at this point i'm kind of excited that this game is only on ps4 uh, PlayStation, mm-hmm. because now I'm gonna download for PS4 and get a platinum. Hell yeah! And just feel alive again. Well, can I? Re- I I would recommend playing it with another person, or else you're going to get uh, extremely angry. Why? Well, it's like one of those things where it's. I mean, it's a roguelike, so if you die, um, you have to start over. And again, the game is like not good. It's like kind of buggy. Um. It just at times doesn't make sense. So uh, having an additional person, if one of you dies, the other can like leave the room and go back a room where there's no enemies and just wait for the spawner to like timer to go. Whoa. So that's that's we cheesed it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'll be able to get Justine on board with that, but I can set up two controllers, right? Yeah, yeah, easily. And then you just pick up the there other controller go. and leave the room. There you go. I've got two controllers. I don't know if I have a wife that'll play that for me. There you go. You can do it. I mean, you could, I, honestly, you could probably do it with just one. I just didn't have like the patience, you know, to to actually like try and be good. Right? We were just running into rooms and just firing, and it's just like if we get hit, we get hit. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares sense. if who cares if this rabbit takes damage? Which I thought was weird. I thought the rabbits would be like invincible. <laughs> I thought they'd be invincible and not be able to be hurt. So I thought that messaging was kind of weird. But anyway, very stupid. The The main thing I want to talk about is um, I need to talk about my addiction. Um, I, I believe you've fallen victim to it. Uh, you're probably recovering still. Um, I relapsed. And uh, that is Stardew Valley. Oh, I've been thinking about it. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, words cannot describe how addicting that fucking game is and um, Brock and I friend not brother um, we've been playing like there's multiplayer there's co-op that you can do um, on console and so we've been like playing it and then it just had me back in the mood so I like went back to like my own like personal save where I'm in like year four or something and um and then I had like the realization where I was like, wait, maybe I could platinum this because 
there's this like stupid arcade game in the game that you have to like play and not take any damage basically and they updated the game in such a way that like every time you complete a level you can like back out and then if you like save the day like if you save the game by like ending the day and go back to the arcade machine it like picks back up where you were at so if you like take damage all you have to do is like quit out come back in you're still at like world one level three or whatever got it okay so it's like way easier and so i i was like you know what i'm gonna dedicate like an hour to trying to like finish this and uh if i do it's like the main trophy that i think is like in my way and i did it and so now it's like the race is on um uh, there's a couple other trophies that were like definitely like semi luck based um just like you fall victim to like the random number generator gods and they smiled upon me and i got the things i needed and so it's like holy shit now i just need to like work on relationship building which is probably the trophies most people get first <laughs> which is like talk talk to the townspeople i was like no i'm a farmer <laughs> i don't do that uh, so there's that, and there's sell ten million dollars uh, worth of goods, and I'm at five million. Um, but I have like all the I have my farm is like completely set up that like my crops automatically are watered. Um, I've got like diamonds being copied in my one shed. You know, it's 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 a system that's very much set up. Um, but yeah, so stay tuned. I've, I've been putting a lot of time into that. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's pretty much it. So now, we can talk about the thing that everybody's talking about, which is Game Awards nominees. Um, definitely a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. I think first things first, let's just jump right in with like Game of the Year and yeah. talk about how we did. So our our formal prediction was, correct me if I'm wrong, it was um, Baldur's Gate, Starfield, Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Tears of the Kingdom, and then Sea of Stars was, was our six, right? Yes, that sounds right. Okay, and then your honorable mention was Alan Wake 2, and my honorable mention was, I think, Final Fantasy? Yes. Okay. And I think that's a really solid eight. <laughs> and so I'm shocked that the six are not made up of six of those eight. Um, but so to get into it, uh, I, I said to you, we, we got like a 4.5 out of six. Um, so the nominees are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, uh, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Super Mario Bros. Wonder and The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Um, what, what are your thoughts? My extreme response is: I can't believe that Resident Evil Four is on here. Same. And I understand that it was is like a generational game, you know. It's tons of people love it. People were so excited for this remake. And frankly, I forgot about it. And uh, and I was just talking to somebody about Resident Evil 4 the other day. Um, and I feel like when it, you know, I, I was trying to think back to when it did come out. And 
I don't remember a ton of fanfare around it. Like yes, that's... it, it kind of just came out, and then that was it. People stopped talking about it. That's kind of my feeling too. Like I feel like, I feel like there was a decent amount of fanfare when it came out, and people were like, because I think Resident Evil Four is widely regarded as one of the best. Could be wrong. I, I, most people I know, that's their favorite. Yeah. And so I think like that was huge, right? And and I think this remake was done extremely well, as I guess all of them have been. Um, people are, I guess are like a bit on the fence about three, but regardless, um, I feel like when it came out, like people were talking about it a lot. That being said, I also know um, I love to watch playthroughs of the Resident Evil games. I've never gotten mm-hmm. into playing them myself, but love like the stories of them and like just being able to like still experience it while somebody else is doing it. Um, so I know like I could be a little skewed in terms of like how, like how much I remember people talking about it. Um, definitely was shocked. And I think it's also just like shocking and maybe I guess somewhat telling um, when like a remake or I guess it would only be a remake. I'd be truly mind blown if a remaster was nominated for game of the year. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's kind of telling if a remake is able to be nominated for Game of the Year. I think what, and I think this year that really pisses me off. I I kind of agree. Yeah, you think about everything that came out this year, and you know my my obvious response is why isn't this Starfield? Um, but you know I could understand. You know, Starfield wasn't perfect when it came out, and a lot of people took that the wrong way. So, like, I can see why it would not be that. But there have been so many other new games that I just, I I think should be on here um, over Resident, over a remake. Not, yeah. No disrespect to Resident Evil 4. I get it. I get what it is as a game. But... And, and and you could argue that it is a new game in 2023 to some extent, but it's really just graphical. Right. You know, it's, it's not a new game. So it just feels like a slap in the face to to this year in gaming in general. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, um, like you can also, I think, sometimes make an argument that like even a sequel can sometimes be a bit of a like diminished return in terms of like because it already like effectively exists or something like that you know what i mean um yeah so i could see i could see like um i could see like pushback on tears of the kingdom and spider-man 2 specifically i think would would be like the the two that i would like say I would throw into question like, okay, how much did these actually improve upon their uh, predecessor, right? You know, like I I could even like see arguments about that. So yeah, again, it's just like super shocking, like you said, like, and then again, we had three games, one of which was um, technically a sequel, but uh, three other games, Sea of Stars, Starfield, and uh, Final Fantasy that, yeah, it's kind of shocking. Resident Evil 4 remake gets the nod over it. Uh again, really no disrespect to Resident Evil 4 and I think again, if anything it's a testament to like how good it truly was. You know, maybe we just weren't um 
close enough to it, but definitely uh definitely was was interesting. Yeah, it just it's just it gives me a a bad taste. I mean, I would have even been happier with, and I'm not a Final Fantasy fan, but I would have been happier with that over Resident Evil Four. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe I just need to go play this remake. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's very it's very weird to me. And then seeing the rest of the categories and what games are in there, uh, it's it's hard for me to kind of not be pissed off about. Really, this event in general, that's my overall opinion. We'll get into it deeper, but. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Like, what's what's another area that maybe had something that was uh, shocking or. Um, yeah, kind of like bad taste. I mean, uh, when I first looked at these nominations, I was hitting the next button to go from page to page and I thought it wasn't working. <laughs> yeah, going from game, is... of, game of the year to uh, best game direction, I think, is the next category, right? Um, yeah. Is literally the same. It's the same six, except there's just no Resident Evil. Like, it's just it's just the five game of the year nominees, not I- including uh, Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah, and and you keep going. And I mean, this this should be, I think, a testament to Alan Wake, because Alan Wake is the one that's like absolutely in all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just. I, I feel like they forgot. <laughs> like, I feel like they forgot what games came out this year. Yeah, it was eleven fifty nine and their homework was due. And so they just quickly. <laughs> yeah, they just quickly they were too busy about the game awards being in Fortnite which I think is what they're doing, if I understood it correctly. It's, I don't know. It is extremely shocking that um, just about every category, like, especially in, like, the, the, the like, I want to say, like, main ones before getting into, like, uh, like, subcategories based on uh, like independent action, action adventure, RPG, like before getting into those, right? You're focusing on like game of the year, game direction, narrative, art direction, score and music, audio design. If you're just looking at those, what, six? It's literally the six that we named for um, game of the year. Uh, Final Fantasy does does make it into like some of these categories. I think Phantom Liberty is in like one um you start to see hi-fi rush in a couple of different ones um and dead space this dead space remake and it looks like lies of p are like two others that crack into these like i would consider like the major categories right like this is like this is like such a overall like overarching like total game encompassing um like awards um and i guess like it's not it's not unreal or it's not unheard of that like one game specifically like elden ring um god of war like those were games that definitely swept up nominations at the very least in a lot of categories and i think that definitely makes sense but it's also shocking i think to your point where it's like in a year that was just dominated by so many good releases it's a little insane that we didn't branch out in any way whatsoever. Yeah, and 
there's just uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of inconsistencies and this one I'm, I'm like happy about but I don't get it so for best narrative uh, Phantom Liberty is in there right like are we considering it its own game or is it DLC and should DLC always be considered in this it's hard to say right yeah, I don't know. It's very uh, interesting. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm frustrated with with this. To be honest with you, I told you I had strong opinions. I just I feel like they phoned it in, and out of any of the years that they could have actually like put some fucking thought into this, they didn't. Yeah, and this is as we've talked about the best year we've seen. In a long time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so. so many good releases. And I think, like, so the one thing I want to bring up um, that I think is, like, fair to talk about is, like, Starfield, right? I think a lot of people um, want to talk about uh, Starfield and, like, uh, you know, whether or not it, sh- it should be, like, nominated for Game of the Year. Um, it's interesting that I think it's only... One of its only nominations. Best, R- Best RPG, I think. Yeah. And it's um, at the bottom of the list. Yeah. Uh, well, is the list alphabetical order? Uh, I don't know. Looks like it. I thought it was by like... Yeah, I guess it's alphabetical. I thought in previous years they'd done it by like number of nominations or something like that. Oh, well. Um, nonetheless... It's it's interesting that that game does not pop up in any other categories when I think we both were pretty much in agreement that it would be a nominee um, for Game of the Year. Yeah. And and, and maybe they look. I mean, like we said at the start, like you look at Game of the Year and then you look at the next like four or five categories. It's all the same games, and maybe that is the maybe that is the metric. Is that to be eligible for Game of the Year, you have to also be like a nominee for these other categories, or at least a certain number of these categories. Sure. Um, Just like trying to think, like, could it really not have cracked any of these others? I I don't know. It's just, it's weird. It's, 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 Uh, it's weird. And, And I guess my one thing I will say is that. I don't think there's necessarily any reason to be like offended on Starfield's behalf. I think like these nominees are a testament to how good the year has been and how difficult it truly is to come up with six games or five games for some of these nominations. Um, Like, Again, Starfield's one that I think somewhat puts a bad taste in my mouth. One that does not shock me at all, and this might be a hot take. Hogwarts Legacy is nowhere to be seen on any of the nominees. And oh my god, that come out this year? That did come out this year. Wow. And I th- and exactly, and I think that's <laughs> I I think I think people are so uh they they want so badly to blame uh, failure or success or what whatever on wokeness 
I think people want to, because obviously with anything Harry Potter related, there is the baggage of J.K. Rowling, right? And obviously there were a lot of people who were very outspoken against Hogwarts Legacy. Um, and I think that just led to people thinking that Hogwarts Legacy wasn't given a fair shake. And like that game sold like hotcakes. People played the game. I think it was probably one of the best-selling games of this year. Um, that being said, I think the the reviews for it like ended up, you know, uh, admirable 80, right? Or like somewhere in mm-hmm. that range. Um, that doesn't like, that just doesn't cut it this year. Like, I, again, I think people want so badly to blame it on wokeness or whatever. Um, when realistically, I think it's like, this was a tough field to, to be an, a, just an 80, right? Like, um, you know, it's, it's shocking to me that like Diablo, right. Which scored, I think over a 90 on like Metacritic, um, probably technically one of the best games in terms of reviews, uh, released this year. And, um, you know, it, it's barely in any of these, yeah. I, I don't think it's in any of the major six categories. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an insane year. So like some of the nominees are a testament to that. Um, and yeah, people I think will like want so badly to like defend these games that they, they love. I think the other thing that people need to be realistic about is I think, I think your brother tweeted about it. Um, he, he I think he said like, oh, Hogwarts legacy is better than, um, some of one of these games. I think he said it was better than super Mario bros wonder. Um, but worse than Tears of the Kingdom? I can't remember, but regardless. Um, and then he was like, don't factor in the fact that those are the only games I've played this year. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it's it's very easy to, like, um, get caught up on, like, one of the best games you've played this year, but, you know, I look at the list of Game of the Year, right? And I've played three of them. You know, and... I can make I can make a, a solid guess off of what I know from like community and I can make a I can make an opinion on what I think of the three that I've played is the standout but like that doesn't you know change the fact that I haven't played Alan Wake 2 and everybody's saying it's you know an amazing game and could easily you know steal the show or something right mm-hmm. um so I think that's something that people like will like need to to consider as well. Uh, it's it's really tough to not see a game that you feel deserves to be represented not be there. I think for me, that's like sea of stars. Like I think seeing a small game not gets like recognition that I think it deserves sucks way more than um, a game that received all the attention in the world and had an amazing release and has seen, I would say, you know, decent success, um, not necessarily see the nomination. It sucks knowing that people who've like worked hard on games, um, maybe not get like the fair representation that they deserve. But at the end of the day, like, again, I've only played so many of the games. So it's like, (laughs) I can't, I can't sit here. You know, I haven't even played Starfield. So it's like, I can't sit here and be like, Starfield deserves to be there, technically. Uh, you know, that's a lot of that's just based on like what I've heard and just a general understanding of, of what I've heard. So, I mean, if we go through, and I don't want to make this a Starfield show, but I do think it's a shock that it barely has any nominations. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and I'm not, I'm not insinuating that it 
that it deserves it, but I actually I, I want kind of want to walk through the first couple of these and you know look at possibly why it wasn't on there. So the first one being best game direction. Uh Awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Um, I I don't know that Starfield really brought anything new to the table there. Like we've had massive games before. Mm-hmm. Um, like cool, you can build a ship. Uh, is it just Fallout in space? I don't know. Right. Uh, best narrative um, for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. Uh, it, it's kind of what you make it. I mean, I feel like you need to have a pretty linear, and if you look at these five nominees, they are to some degree a lot more linear than Starfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not a knock on Starfield, it's just how the game was designed to kind of have it be your own experience. So it's hard to give it a narrative award. Uh, and plus the just all of the dialogue in Starfield is dog shit. <laughs> so if you want to talk about actual like storytelling and how it's delivered, right? Uh, best art direction. I mean, again, um, it's. I mean, I can't even say that Starfield looks better than Cyberpunk. Um, I can say pretty confidently that it doesn't. And then, uh, you know, score and music. Uh, I know it was applauded for this, so I guess it's a little shocking for me that it's not on there. But again, every time you like do a fast travel, it's the same, same audio. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if, if we look at it like that, I guess I understand why it's not up there for game of the year. Um, it's just, I would like to know what their metric is because uh, i feel like in previous years it's been like hype alone that will get a game up here sometimes yes so i definitely hear you yeah i mean again i i think a lot of it goes to the fact that it's a like a i mean the year is just stupid with how how many games you know have released and especially like top tier games um it then just becomes shocking because like after those six, it's like you you can really only pop up in one other. Um which like for Starfield would be RPG. Um and then you sit there and you go, it's shocking that it's the only uh it's the only like nominee that it has. Um Right. And like you said, for a game that had so much hype. Um but yeah, uh, I, I yeah thought that was interesting. But I think you did a great job of like kind of breaking it down, going there. Like, if you don't if you don't land in these six, is that automatically a death sentence? That like if you can't if you can't be in the running for best of one of these six things, how could you possibly be in the running for best game of the year? Because I don't necessarily, I I don't necessarily think that game of the year means that you also win the best in all these if, just because you're nominated right like yeah. you can be the sum of all parts the best yet not be the leader in any one of these and i think that's perfectly acceptable but i think at the very least you would be in, co- in the conversation 
for them. Um, so I don't know. So, you know, kind of reflecting on this, um, do you think that Sea of Stars not being really in any of these six categories either is a bigger rob? I know you'd said, like, you know, you would have rather seen a game like that that was smaller, that took a a, a smaller team to, to put together. Um, uh, should, you know, you would like to see that on here. Um, but, you know... I feel like I've heard good things about the narrative of that game and of mm-hmm. the art, and it's not nominated for either of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would say both of those, and also I thought the score and music of the game was really good. But again, I mean, some of the issue there is that like, I didn't play. Um, when I look at like score and music, right? Like, so, uh. One, I'm very happy that Baldur's Gate 3 is on here because uh, I, I I love the music of Baldur's Gate. And um, that was like the one thing that I, I immediately thought when playing it was like, not only is this game, I think, going to be a strong contender for game of the year. I also think it's going to be able to sweep up a lot of these other like side awards because uh, it does it does so much of it so well. Um, but I've I've seen like uh, Gene Park was talking about, you know, he thinks Final Fantasy 16 is going to win uh, or should win uh, best score in music. And it's like, oh, I haven't played it. And so like, I don't know what kind of like emotion it evokes from you. Right. And so, you know, I look at these other games and it's so tough, but yeah, like I sit here and I'm kind of like a little upset to not see Sea of Stars crack these. Cause I thought it did such an amazing job in so many of these categories that I, I would think based on what I've played this year, that it would be uh, deserving of, of cracking, but uh, yeah, again, I think that's what's so telling about how amazing this year's been. Yeah. Um I I will say um the uh thing that is surprising to me um is uh the the whole like uh commotion around uh best independent game. Mm. Um which, if you haven't seen, uh, Dave the Diver got nominated for Best Independent Game. Uh, and it's from Mint Rocket, which is owned by, like, one of the biggest gaming companies, I think, in Korea. I yeah, think. I hope I'm getting that right. Um, so, like, not really an indie game. Like, I think, like, people were, like, saying that, like, Baldur's Gate 3 is technically an indie game depending on like how you want to like uh describe what an indie game is um i've seen some like decent arguments back and forth uh i think like okay so the issue is for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system and i think what that's getting at is like you make a game and more often than not you have somebody else publish your game right sure uh, and so this is saying, like, basically, like, you in-house publish the game. That's an independent game. And I don't know if that's necessarily right. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you not have to be, like... Like, is it that you're not a publisher at all? Like, because I'm just wondering, like, what does that look like for Xbox Game Studios? Uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, I don't. I don't know. I'm guessing the difference is because 
um, developers can have games published by Xbox Game Studios. If Xbox Game Studios made a game, then it's technically going through a publisher because they are a publisher. Right. You know, so I wonder if, um, of course, I'm going to struggle to, you know, if, uh, well, I guess ZeniMax is technically a publisher. I'm trying to think of a big studio that doesn't publish games or hasn't historically. Like Insomniac? Like if Insomniac wasn't published by PlayStation and they said, hey, we're going to put this game out on our own. I genuinely don't know. And I think that's like something that needs to like kind of be uh, brought up and discussed a little more. Like I think Dave the Diver got the nod because of like aesthetic. Sure. Um, but like independent game, like an indie game is like, you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and put this game out and you're a dedicated team of 13 people who did it and you get no recognition because people just love to like look over you. Right. (laughs) So I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely interesting. I definitely think it warrants conversation and I don't know, maybe we do like a deeper dive into like what's truly indie in in these regards and like what's what's like uh you know unique game of the year right like i think i think like the line has just become blurred where it's like if you make a pixelated game you're an indie game and that's just not true at all but if you crowdsource your funding and work out of your best friend's garage to to put the game out yeah that's an indie you know yeah i wonder if they need a metric for like team size team size budget uh like funding like where does your funding come from if your funding comes from a bigger company i just don't understand how that's i don't understand what's independent about that and it's hard too because you look at like annapurna i mean they are by no means a small publisher right but they focus solely on well primarily on indie games right I mean, Mint Rocket themselves don't call themselves an indie studio. Yeah. So I just find that interesting as well. Yeah, they're like, and their revenue is like in the billions. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, you had mentioned like the the owner of the company is also, but like theirs alone. Right. Somewhere in the billions, which is just... So that like... That leads to the whole conversation about like what you're saying, where it's like, it feels like they kind of just phoned in some of these nominees because it's like, it feels like somebody was just like, it feels like somebody with like no prior knowledge or no, like they didn't do any digging whatsoever. Just literally looked at like, cause a game like Dave, the diver does look like what I think most people think of when they think of an indie game. Right. And honestly, like I, probably would think it too right like i would look at dave the diver and be like oh look at this cool indie game um and so again i think like indie we're like blurring the line with like aesthetic like does it give off the aesthetic of a smaller game and stuff like that right um which i don't think is what it should be but you could have a category certainly that's like best 
<laughs> unique aesthetic or something along those lines. Um, yeah. But I think like... <laughs> Modern retro or something like that. Sure, yeah. I think it was like Agro Crab like posted a thing and they were like, here's a breakdown of like what's considered an indie. And it was like, it's basically like one of those like chaotic neutral charts mm. like, uh, where they like, it's like a, a three by three uh, with squares. And it's like every single one of them is just like, well, if basically if Dave the Diver can be considered an indie, it's like the next one is like Fortnite is an indie game. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is an indie game. And it was like stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, by like putting this in there, it's like you completely blur the lines of like what truly makes something an indie. And you could now make the case that like when you go, what is an indie? It's like, well, any, any game can clearly, I guess, be an indie game, depending on how you right. want to like stretch to say like, oh, well, it has to meet this and this requirement. It's like, well, that's almost too encompassing. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it should be about the game. It should be about the studio. And like you said, the funding and who is actually publishing the game. I mean, look at Stray. Stray certainly doesn't fit the mold of an indie game. Right. I mean, you would think that would be from a AAA developer just with like, I mean, it was a, a third person game. It was 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly doesn't sound like any indie game I've ever played. The graphics were great. Yeah. So I'm not. Um, Just interesting. It's very, it's very interesting the overall. Um, yeah. How these nominees have gone and the general like feedback. I think um, you know there there's been issues in the past with how nominees go, and so um, you know I hope that some of this stuff gets rethought next year and they do a better job. I think they could benefit from adding in some additional categories. Um, but also like, you don't want to just, you don't want to get to the point where it's like trophy for, or yeah, oh, trophy award for best game, starting with the letter T and yeah. stuff like that. But, um, I certainly think there's like more stuff you can take into consideration when it comes to what it takes to make a game and, uh, all the different factors that make up a game. Uh, that I don't even think those like main six categories necessarily touch on, right? Like I still think you're taking a very like um, surface level view of a game. Uh, you know, you're just kind of mimicking, you know, movies at that point, uh, and and what they typically go through during award season. So, I have another category that has really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Let's hear it. Best ongoing. Yes. And I'm among the bigger cyberpunk fans that you will find. I would not classify this as best ongoing. Like it's a game that had DLC. Yeah. And, and I understand where the confusion could be because there have been updates and patches over the years that have been out, but that's because it was not a finished game when it came out. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, like, all these other games, Apex, Final Fantasy, um, Genshin Impact, Fortnite, like, those all make sense. Because those games, the only way they exist is with frequent updates. Um, Destiny's not on here. Um, No Man's Sky is not on here, though. 
shout out to them for once again being nominated for something. <laughs> it is uh, truly impressive. Best community support. Yeah, and I don't know. Like Cyberpunk is on best community support, and I think that makes sense to me. I think that's where this nomination belongs. But best ongoing, like they already said, there's not going to be any more content. Yeah, I think best ongoing is like, uh, like a, a like living world, right? Like that right. needs consistent updates. Right. It doesn't need DLC. Right. Like what's like nothing there's trying to think about how to say this there's nothing truly bringing you back to cyberpunk right like there was there was one update that added in i think new missions um that like tied in with edge edge runners runners. yep and then the dlc but the deal like the i don't think any of these are pay for updates i guess final fantasy 14 you might need a uh you might technically need like a subscription type thing like yeah and i mean and if destiny work up, still. here those are paid that's true that's true yeah um n- nonetheless um i think cyberpunk is definitely a weird nominee i agree best yeah. community support constantly updating the game because of you know a bad experience because of bugs and stuff like that right like getting it to the point that it is now to be able to release this 2.0 update to release the the edge runners content and to release uh the dlc love it definitely think it makes sense in that category ongoing it's like you said it's dead we already know it's done right yeah and i think for me like what makes an ongoing game is a roadmap you know, um, I, I, the only game on here I can really speak to is Fortnite, but like they have seasons. They say, you know, that in this quarter or this month, here's when you can expect an update that's going to change the game. Same with Destiny. And I understand that like Destiny is paid and you're not necessarily entitled to the content, but it's still, hey, this is when this is coming out. And it keeps the game keeps the game going i mean you really don't need to get phantom liberty i mean it's a it's a total aside from the main story mm-hmm. uh i don't know it's just uh it just it just feels it just feels again like they phoned it in um and like you said like or, that's that's one that feels like it went off of like hype yeah it's like what are we doing ah I, I think if Cyberpunk had released how it was supposed to, and even if Phantom Liberty came out this year, it would not have been it would not have been in this group. I think it's just because they've had to update the game over time. Mm-hmm. Is there a best DLC? There isn't a best DLC category. No, and like again, like maybe that's something that they should be considering. Like, yeah, what game has the best? DLC, whether whether you have to pay for it or whether it's um whether it's free, where it's like giving like actual new story content, um, or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, I think like um and like there's gonna be some years where the nominees there are probably going to be lackluster. Um, because not every game is like constantly releasing DLC, but like certainly this year alone you would have like Horizon cyberpunk 
um, Destiny, right? Like, you could come up with five games, I think. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I do not know. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> to be honest with you, I don't have a whole lot of other opinions on this. I was just I was so frustrated looking at this last night. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it does. It like, causes a bit of a reaction of like, wait a second. Like, come on. And, and yeah. again, like we've we've spent so mm-hmm. much time throughout like so many episodes recently talking about just how truly astonishing it is the number of bangers that have released this year, right? Um, and to not, to feel like in no way we're actually representing that. Like, sure, you're going to be able to look back at Game of the Year nominees for this year and be like, holy shit, that was a tough year to like figure out, you know, who the hell was, you know, going to win or whatever, right? Like that's a, that's a strong list of games but like you can look back at any year and basically say that because it's just that's only representing the six technically assuming best games of the year then you look through all the other categories and it's just those six games and you're going to sit there and go oh i guess these were the only six games that released in 2023 and that's just like mind-blowing to me um so yeah i uh i did think it was interesting love that they didn't show their hand uh for most anticipated game uh gta 6 not on there so (laughs) yeah you know they'll they'll do that award and then immediately after it they'll do the trailer yeah yep yeah now oh we see what you did there oh yeah sure the trailer won't be at the game awards oh what's gta 6 we don't know you know what's really confusing to me? What? Oh wait, that's outlaws. <clears throat> Nothing. I I was wrong. Um, for best performance, uh, Cameron Monaghan was on there for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and I completely forgot that. Or like, I saw that, and I thought that had come out, and then I saw most anticipated, and saw outlaws, oh. and I'm confused, and thought it was something. How how's that possible? Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's all I've got. Um, I'm trying to, did you see the thing with, um, Jeff, uh, hinting that they were going to do this in Fortnite or something like that? I did not know. That'd be kind of fun. That wouldn't surprise me. You know, everything gets like a Fortnite uh, bacon anymore. Yeah. Let's see. Also, I will say, I I, I really hope that uh, as we've, I think, been trying to do to some extent, I, I do really hope that they take the time to acknowledge that wow this has been probably one of the most exciting years in games 
that it has also been an absolutely abysmal year for the industry as a whole and the people who make it up. Uh, so I really hope that like that's not just like brushed under the rug during the biggest gaming event, I would say, of the year. Um, that literally is acknowledging and celebrating these games. Like I really hope that there's some element discussing the fact that the people behind these games, like so many of these games that are like nominated and shit like that, like these people don't even have a job anymore and they, right. they put out games that are nominated. And so yeah, they're going to see a game celebrated that they built and have no recognition from it. Yeah. And it would be interesting because I, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen, uh, the Steve Jobs movie with, um, is that Michael Fassbender? Oh, hell yeah. I love me some Michael Fassbender. Not the one with uh, Ashton Kutcher. And, you know, they're about to do the um, Macintosh, like, release event. And Wozniak was like, just acknowledge the the original Apple, or if it was the Apple One or the Apple Two team. You know, it'd be nice if one of these uh, um, developers that had big layoffs just, like, acknowledge the people that they laid off yeah obviously not every single one because for some that would be quite a few but like just acknowledge everyone that was on the team i think yeah. that would be a good step in the right direction everyone who is integral to to building the game to get you a nomination right or recognition during this yeah although i'm like looking at it and i'm like how many of these people did have major layoffs or the ones that are sitting up here are like the good ones, you know, the ones who yeah. don't need to go crazy. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, this was, this was definitely interesting. I think, um, I know you and I had talked about, uh, oh, you and I talked about doing like a, a breakdown of like what's the what truly makes a game like an rpg right um mm -hmm. because i think like sometimes it's like hard to understand right like is spider-man an rpg you role play as spider-man or is spider-man simply just an action adventure game because you are given a character and does like an rpg have to be some semblance of you creating the character and you needing to do some of like the narrative legwork and stuff like that um so Maybe as a part of that, we can also do like a breakdown of like what truly makes a game an indie, like what qualifies something as a JRPG. I think that's something that like I think you and I probably both technically misrepresented at times because I think we've all as like a community, as like the greater gaming industry have like just sometimes thrown the term JRPG at something. And I've now like taken a step back and seen like some things that are like suggesting that like, well, no, that's not what that means and and stuff like that so maybe maybe that'll be like uh one of the episodes coming up we can like do like a deep dive and break down what truly makes a game qualified for what it is because i think there's also like confusion there when it comes when this time of year comes around and certain games are left off and stuff like that and always yeah, good well, to just have a better understanding of of the industry so got a new series on our hands we certainly could. We certainly could. So, um, all right. I think that does it for this episode. Do you have anything else? No, man. 
All right. Uh, as always, thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, be sure to leave a rating or review wherever you do listen to this podcast. It helps us out. Um, if you are so inclined and you want to let us know who you thought was robbed of a potential nomination or you feel was completely forgotten about from the show in general, uh, you can go over to our YouTube channel and leave a comment on this episode, letting us know your thoughts. Um, other than that, thanks again. If you could share this podcast with a friend, it'd be greatly appreciated. And we'll talk to you next week.